Hey. Well, hello there. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you in Connecticut? Um, I just got back. I just got back. Nice. So, great. great. So, what are, what are we doing today? What do you have for me today? We're going to talk about um, anxiety with injecting. So, makes me new injecting. I know, I feel anxious already, too. Um, but, so, I picked this topic because I feel like I wish that someone had been kind of real with me about this from the beginning. And I didn't really feel like I had anyone um share their their experiences with me like where they had anxiety after injecting uh being a new injector and i think it's hard i hear it from students a lot um you know they'll ask me how long until i feel comfortable injecting or how long until i don't have anxiety about this anymore or I, I feel comfortable and um i think it's hard like i i think i had a lot of um sleepless nights and anxiety over patients um during the beginning and it wasn't until um i had a complication that i actually i think i had i think i lost more sleep about complications i didn't actually have than the ones that i actually ended up having and um i didn't um you know take a cadaver class until after i had my first complication so um i think that the answer like you know how, when do you get rid of that anxiety is is kind of um complicated because i think that, that there's a need to have a healthy respect for the procedures that we're performing and like the risks that we're taking um the potential risks but i think that i've learned a couple of ways um over the last couple of years to kind of um help with that anxiety um I don't think I like lose as much sleep. I think I'm more comfortable injecting. And um, so I just had a couple of tips, um, things that I've learned over the past couple of years that have helped me. So I wanted to share those. Um, so. Well, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I think we, we've known each other for maybe a couple of years now. Yes. And uh, and obviously you've you've always been a good injector. And uh, so tell me, uh, how long have you been injecting for altogether? Five years. Five years. Just um, yeah, just coming up on five years. Coming up on five years. So, and that's the question that I ask everybody: um, Do you consider yourself a good injector? And the actually the answer is yes. You're a good injector. Okay. Do you consider yourself a great injector? And you don't have to answer that, but when do you become that good injector or that great injector? So what do you think, before we start talking about anxiety and all this stuff, what makes a good injector good? What makes an injector good? What makes an injector great? So I think the two things go hand in hand. I think starting to feel like you're a good injector or a great injector um, comes with a lot of like different things. So one I think is, um, you know, having a really good um, foundation with your anatomy. 
I think that that um, makes a great injector. I think it, I think it at least makes a good injector. Um, I think not knowing your anatomy, um, you know, I used to hear people say that and I'd be like, well, you know, I know enough. And um, the truth is, and what I've learned is that unless, unless you know why you're doing a procedure, um, you know, to what part of the face, to what muscle, what it's going to do um, and what the potential risk is in that area, um, what the adverse, adverse event uh, looks like and the treatment for that, um, then I, I just don't think that, you know, you're practicing safely if you don't know that. Um, my anatomy, my knowledge of anatomy um, in the first couple of years is, is, was, is like nothing to what it is now because um, I, I knew that I needed to learn that. Um, and it took a couple of things um, happening for me to learn that. And I had some, you know, some scary things that I didn't know what to do. And I had to reach out and ask for help. And um, so I think knowing your anatomy makes like the, a good injector. Um, I also think practicing safely um, always, like if you don't feel comfortable doing something, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Um, even if, you know, the patient says, oh, well, my last injector did this and I really liked it. If it's not something that you feel comfortable doing, I say, don't do it. Go back to your other injector um, because it's not worth the risk, you know? And, and I've heard Dr. Russo say um, that the more experienced he becomes in his practice, like the less risk he takes, you know? Um, so I think that makes a good injector. I also think... Um, having excellent follow-up makes a good injector um really kind of like taking responsibility for your practice and your results um and i think just like continuing your education i mean there's so much there's so much out there um for resources like we have so you can watch videos all day every day and learn new things um you know and and if and if uh, you don't feel like a cadaver class is right for you, I think, that, you know, read a book or Google, you know what I mean? Google your anatomy or I'll send you an article. You know, there's so much um, available to us. You know what's right? funny? That I asked you what makes a good or a great injector and you did not at any time say results. Yeah, so, yeah. Which is the perfect, it's the perfect answer because the results do not make an injector good or bad. Right. That, that is secondary. A good injector, like you said, anybody can be taught how to inject and anybody can inject, but not, any, not everybody can deal with the adverse events. And yeah. that makes a good injector. Um, you know, during, during uh, my training as a surgeon, they, one of the things they do is they make you do your follow-ups. You do a surgery today. You have to see that patient in the afternoon. You have to see that patient first thing in the morning. So it's not just the procedure. It's to see what the outcome is. So um, even, even now, some of the procedures that we do at the office, I make sure that we do follow through. Hey, you know, let's give them a call tomorrow um, because you probably thought that um, you, you were going to bruise them or something. So you say, you know, let, let's just give them a call. Let's follow up. It's not just, you know, injecting and make a quick thousand or two thousand dollars. So I, I, I,
I'm happy that that you didn't mention results as one of the the um, uh, one one of the requirements to become a good injector. Also, you know, uh, having followers on Instagram, yeah, it's good and all, but that's not it either. You know, um, I feel that now if you 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 follow or you um, you kind of do what people with the most followers are doing. And that's that's not it. We have to uh, stick to our basics. And I, and I think that um, anatomy, as you said, is the basis of everything. So if you know your anatomy, if you know what you're doing, that's great. I usually I, I usually tell an, uh, uh, an anecdote, not an antidote, but an anecdote, um, that when I was uh, with the ex, and I was going to use you as an example, but I can't anymore because your hair is short now. So that's that example is... It's, 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 yes, yes. But anyway, so the ex had long hair like you did. And, and one day she was curling her hair with a curling iron. And I said, can I do it? And, and she said, sure, go ahead, do it. And I did it and it came out all right. But then two weeks later, we were watching one of these YouTube videos and we saw this young girl doing the same thing and she burnt it off. And I went like, oh my God, can that happen? She's like, yeah, of course it can happen if you don't know how to do it. They're like, I didn't know how to do it. Why would you let me do it? Yeah. yeah. So that's what we do as injectors. The the eyes don't see what the brain doesn't know. For yeah. the longest time, I was doing piriform injections and just to the middle layer where that's like I was asking for troubles. So um, if the ignorance, it's 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 really, it, 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 t it takes all the fear away. So the, the yeah. least you know, the, the less fear you are. The more you know, the more caution you are. So now we go back to our um, question of this topic. When do you stop feeling anxious about your injecting um, procedures? So I think, like I said, I think having like a healthy respect for every procedure that you do, you know, we're performing medical procedures that are high risk, um, even though we may not consider them high risk or, you know, it ad an advent adverse event can be something like a bruise, like excessive bruising. And to us, that's an expected result. And so we're not totally concerned with that, but our patients are. You know, um, so I think um, I think having a respect for it is good. But the anxiety around it, um, the best way that I've learned to kind of cope with this anxiety, because, I mean, I, I, I know I can't be the only one. I had so many times where I'm like laying in bed at night and I'm, you know, thinking about that last patient I injected. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, was I like maybe a little bit like too low in the frontalis or like did I was I too deep in the tail of the corrugator like what's gonna happen or you know someone I am injecting a lip and they end up with some crazy big bruise like hematoma and I'm like up all night thinking like oh my gosh was it a bruise is this a bruise you know I checked the refill and I know I can't be the only one um so I know that um people go through that and so the, the thing that has helped me the most is um, educating myself on all of the adverse events uh, um, that like reactions that I can find, um, how they are caused, how we prevent 
I'm causing them and, um, and treatment. So like, if I am injecting someone and um, I, I have a follow up with them, I need to be able to look at their face and say, what happened? Um, like, what's my what's my differential diagnosis? What am I looking at? I'm having okay, so for example, a brow ptosis. Is it a medial brow ptosis? Is it a lateral brow ptosis? How was it caused? What is the treatment? You know, and how can we prevent that from happening again? And so this is um, like evidence-based practice, just like everything else in nursing. And so like our anatomy gives us kind of like a roadmap of, you know, what we can expect for results and what depth we're supposed to be at and where are these damn arteries and, and we need to know all that. And so I think that knowing all of these things, the potential risk, how to treat it um, and how we can prevent it. I think that's helped me the most with um, kind of conquering that anxiety um, because I know that no matter what happens, I most likely know how to treat. Right. Um, the other thing is that that's helped me a lot in my practice has been um, communicating that with patients. So like if we're injecting in the lower face and we're doing, you know, DAOs and we're doing mentalis and we're treating platysmal, I like to say to my patients, look, um, if, you know, your smile looks a little bit funny, that's, you know, that's because your, you know, your uh, neurotoxin has moved to your DLI. Um, there's a treatment for that. So I do want to see you, you know, in case that happens, I see you in two weeks and we'll follow up. But just so you know, that's a potential because I, I say, you know, I know you didn't read the consent. <laughs> you signed it, but you didn't read it. Right. No, yeah, I, I, um, I exactly 100% you know, agree with you. And um, uh, just a shout out to Gretchen. Gretchen, how are you doing? There's a Dr. Gretchen, uh, famous dermatologist here in Boston. Um, you're right. You're right. Uh, the education is very important. Um, I know she's an expert in the use of ultrasound and then we use any other tools that we can to make our diagnosis or our treatment better. Um, then also we see that patient education and expectations is key. Also early follow up a text or a phone call the next day. Yes. Also that um, just a quick text. How are you doing today? Um, a lot of times people don't, they, they feel embarrassed to call us, to, to send us a, a message. You know, I have a big bruise, um, God forbid, a, uh, an occlusion, and then they just are afraid. And by the time they decide to do something, it's already too late. Or they just decide to go straight to the, to the uh, emergency room. So 100% agree with you. Um, it's, it's about the knowledge. I think we were talking about this yesterday. Um, we had this this great trainer from Ohio, Dr. Deep. Uh, I, I hope she's uh, watching us, but she's a phenomenal trainer. Um, and, and then you and I were talking on the side, and I, and I said, you know, we're talking about what makes a, a good or a great injector. And I said, training, 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 right? And what do you do when you become a good injector? You keep on training. <laughs> you train some more because yeah. uh, you never stop learning. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was just in Dubai again um, with with Dr. Gretchen, and um, you know, you never stop learning the different techniques, different different ways people do things, and uh, even if it's not what you want to do, at least you're learning what not to do. 
So consent yes. uh, is important. Yes, yes. Uh, the consent will cover um, cover your rear end in, in court, but it does not mean that uh, the patient is aware of what they're signing. Um, Dr. Gretchen again says, train and create a community that you feel comfortable sharing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, 100%. Um, you know, you have a team, you have a support team that whenever you have a question, you can go ahead and ask. Let's not play cowboy, cowboys here. Uh, wow. You know, even though everything is online, um, not everything we see online, it's really the truth. So I, I think, and, and just to go back on what we were talking about, you, you'd really never um, stop feeling anxious. Even if you're doing just a simple lip filler, as you might think it's simple, but it's one of the most complicated uh, treatments uh, out there, um, you still feel that, uh, to me anyway, if I don't get a phone call for 24, 48 hours, and I'm like, okay, I'm all right now, right? <laughs> on that patient, but that doesn't mean that the one you did the next day, you still have a so, in, in other words, you, you never stop feeling anxious about what you did the day before. So, yeah, um, yeah. you've been injecting for five years. You're one of our, the best injectors we have, um, one of the best instructors we, instruct, instructors we have, even though, you know, um, short hair, but that's okay. Uh, no girl back. <laughs> I, I, I think that um, your input is very important. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I was just going to say one more thing about that, just about, you know, this whole, you said um, just how the ignorance is so, like, dangerous in this industry, and I totally agree. And I think that, um, I think that, like, integrity as an injector is really, makes you a good injector, too, is really important. Like, that follow-up is really important. But then also just you know, mistakes happen, like things happen, even I think to like really advanced injectors who have been doing it for years and years. Um, and so I think that it's important to like own those mistakes. Um, and, and I think all our patients really want to know from us is like, okay, well, how can we make this better? And, and how long is this going to last? And they just need, they just need to know that for peace of mind. Um, so I think that we as providers need to know that information and we need to be able to give them those answers. And if we're not able to, um, that makes it very difficult. You know, you end up with, with a headache, um, and really unhappy patients. So that's another thing. I think that like our network in particular has, you know, obviously we're compliant and, and really, you know, there's a lot of integrity and we all kind of help each other, which is nice. And like Gretchen had said, like kind of having a community of people around you. Um, I think it's better to reach out if, you know, you have a question about something or something doesn't seem right um, rather than keep it to yourself and feel embarrassed because it happens to all of us, you know, and it's going to keep happening the longer that we inject. Right. I mean, Dr. Russo said it's a, it's a numbers game. You know, the more you do it, the more you're going to expose yourself to get, some uh, have some complications. Also, I feel that if if a client you've injected comes to me with an adverse event, it's my responsibility to call you and tell you, hey, Greta, you know what? Um, this patient had a litosis. I'm not making fun of you at all. I'm right. just letting you know because, you know, um, maybe you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I used the 
product that I normally don't use, whatever it is. But I, I, I myself, I would like to people tell me, I would like people to tell me that, you know, I got this patient of yours that is complaining or had an adverse event of some sort. Um, right. I, it, I don't take it the wrong way. I actually appreciate when people are honest and, and let me know what, what I've done wrong. Because yes. I, I've, I've, made mis I've made mistakes, you know, I've been wrong before. Um, that's when I thought I made a mistake. <laughs> right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, it does happen. Buddy, I think that, um, I think that just, it's a numbers game. The longer that we inject, the more we're going to have, but also, you know, the other great thing about this is like that our practice can change, um, based on our results, you know? So I think that that's great. I think, um, you know, when you first start, I, I start out injecting, I think the best thing you can do is your two week follow up with patients, because then you're seeing what you did. And then you're seeing what you need to do, you know, next time or um, with filler, it's good to see, um, you know, you have your instant result that's so nice and swollen and puffy and beautiful. And then it's good to see them in two weeks, you know, and see kind of how they're healing. And um, so that's another good thing, I think. Um, just getting really used to having a good follow-up with people um, and knowing that um, that they're your responsibility. And I think that like, that's something that was shocking to me at the beginning. Cause I was like, Oh, so like, this is, this is full time. This is nonstop. This is like, we're kind of always on. And we are because, you know, we owe that to our patients. Um, all of my patients have my personal phone number. And I know like, you know, people do that better. Like Dr. Russo has his emergency line, <laughs> but my patients have my cell phone number because if there were ever an issue, I want to know about it. You it know, took me to get your phone number. What's up with that? Uh, you can have it now. Cause we've been friends for like a couple years, but, um, but yeah, so I just think that that's important. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's a big deal when people come to you, um, it's a big deal when they come to you and they trust you with their face. And so I think it's good to, um, you know, check in on them and be there when, when they need you. A hundred percent. Let's just remember that these people come to us, not because they need to, but because they want to, right. um, you know, I, 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 I call it real medicine. We don't, we don't do real medicine, even though it's, it's medicine, but, and it's real, very real, but we, we don't, we don't do, they don't come to us because they need to, um, they come to us because they want to. So mm -hmm. uh, Lucy says that I found that there are patients that are happy with the results and don't come for two weeks. Um, you're right. Some of the people that, that are um, happy, it's, it's hard to get them back two weeks later. I've seen that I've come across all kinds of patients, some people that are very happy and they don't talk about it because they look so good that they don't want to share the secret. <laughs> That's pretty bad for you, right? They go and then they see you out in the, uh, in the real world, they don't even say hi to you, but because um, <laughs> they don't want to be discovered or exposed. Um, and, and yes, sometimes it's hard to get them back. So maybe you have to find what that incentive is to get that patient back in two weeks so that you can see how they are, so you can take some before or after. Um, one of the things that also you can't really believe 100% what you see online because the before and afters um, on some treatments are done right after where the, um, the procedure might look very good and two weeks later it's not looking the same. 
So um, I think that you have to be um, your own judge and and criticize yourself. Don't worry about what other people uh, think or say. Yeah, I agree. And Lucy, if they're happy, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. Uh, yeah, at least they're not coming back. They're, they're, they'll be back in three months or four yeah. months for their Botox. So. Exactly. So that's wonderful. And I think someone just asked if you can follow up on Zoom. I, I haven't done that. Um, but I think I think that would be fine if you had the right lighting. And the only time I wouldn't like follow up, I've had, um, you know, a couple of lip patients that, um, that, you know, I've had, they've had bruising or whatever. And, um, and I've tried to follow up sort of you know, somewhat immediately on FaceTime. And it's just never, you just can't really tell. I think for in those kind of situations, I would see them in person, you know, sooner rather than later and to, to assess their cap refill. Okay. Um, but I think certainly, I think for neurotoxin, that might be okay. I think I know people who do that. I know my, I know my nurse, she does like uh, uh, FaceTime. So kind of like Zoom, it's the same video, video, uh, all the video follow-ups. The one thing I would suggest, though, it's uh, a neurotoxin, two weeks, no earlier than two weeks, because sometimes, uh, you know, it's it's not done settling, and, and and you might end up, you know, ruining your own work. So two-week follow-up, it's great. Um, that's about all I have for right now for today. Um, but just to finish up on what we started, yes, always have respect for the procedure. Um, never, if you don't have time, don't do it. Don't rush into anything and, um, always think of the consequences as Greta said, you know, when you're doing it, you have to picture what's, what's underneath, um, aesthetic nurse. I've done FaceTime, but I'm concerned if that's a complaint, uh, if it's yes, compliant, if it's compliant, I'm sorry, if it's a complaint, if it's compliant, um, uh telemedicine is it's out there so it is compliant um i think we have an option on simplast as well um jen so if if facetime um i'm not sure if that's compliant i, I would have to ask um but i know on simplast there is an option for a video chat so you could always do that mm -hmm. uh, pretty sure not sure about like zoom and facetime I know um, HIPAA-wise, uh, HIPAA has said that your phone, your phone is compliant as long as you okay. have a code, <clears throat> and that's for picture uh, storage. Um, now, if talking about uh, a video call, um, unless you record it and you upload it to Simplast, then it would be compliant. I think that anything that you do and not upload it to the chart it's not compliant. Um, so you can use whatever platform you're using to do a video call um, and then uh, upload it to your uh, uh, EMR of choice. Yeah. Or even texts for right. um, clients. I think it's okay. If you I think it's as from, from, the, from your EMR, then yes. As I said, anything that it's not uploaded to the charts, to your EMR platform, it's not compliant. Mm -hmm. Even though even though it will hold in court 
if you're having some sort of a um, uh, discussion via text. It's right. But we're not lawyers, so I can't really tell you the right answer. Right. And I, I would just document everything on SimClass too. Like you can, you know, keep good notes about um, your follow-up with a patient. If they, you know, even if it's someone that like, for example, doesn't want to be seen, they don't want to come in. I would, I would document that, um, you know, just to kind of cover yourself on SimPlus or whatever EMR you're using. Right. Well, I, I think that's, that's all we have for today. That's it. That's it. Thanks, Vic. You guys don't have any questions. It was a pleasure seeing you. Um, we'll we'll see you again hopefully next Tuesday night at seven. Um, good night. Good night.